Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Danny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! up everybody welcome to the uncle puckers it's dan bobby and chris tonight mr tony has the evening off what's up dudes how's it going it's going it's going man today was a training camp they came in they they are not taking the ice yet but they're all there man we're getting close yeah a lot of hype about the stadium series game coming up because that those tickets went on sale and i'm happy to announce i will not be going (laughs) how much were they going on sale for i I just only saw on the periphery but I'm, you know these are people get priority access to it too but i was seeing like 500 dollars, 300 so 500 for center ice but that doesn't mean low that just means like yeah. center ice and i really want to go and uh some of some of these things man this might price you out but i'm gonna wait to see it when it all settles down and see what the real prices are you think they'll sell out yeah you think so i think so over 80,000 people can fit in that stadium. I mean, they're not Taylor Swift. They're just a hockey team. Philly's very close, and you're going to get the Devils fans, and you're just going to get hockey fans in this area because it's a local event. I don't even know. Have we been selling out the uh, other outdoor games Uh, on a regular basis? NHL? Are they selling out 80,000 seats? What were the ones uh, last year was uh, Washington, Carolina. That one sold out. Um, Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> fucking motorcycles flying by that one sold out um i don't know i mean it, it does it's a big big stadium it'd be yeah. uh it'd be awesome if they it did is bigger out. than the usual you're right that is quite large but uh, yeah, yeah we'll that see. life is huge and uh it's going to be really bad if the rangers sell out the night be- or the night after and we don't the- you know it would help them sell out they can Play lower the, the prices that would definitely so, help so the rest of us can go yeah that would definitely <laughs> yeah. would you go I would 100% go. I, I, I actually want to go. I really do want to go. So I am going to look into it. Again, once once it settles down and then I sit there and say, hey, it's a one-time thing. Can I buy it off of somebody for 500 bucks, or preferably a higher seat that's nowhere near that cost but still. Yeah, that's I understand what I have to – like I understand what opening day is, even the way they tier prices. I sit on the top, and I know what I'm going to spend each time, but that's okay. I go. So as long as it's within reason, um, yeah, I'll probably – I might find a way to go. I think that they dropped the ball though with – putting us against the Flyers and the Rangers mm-hmm. against the Islanders. I, yeah. I just, after the playoff series, I just don't know why it's not Devils Rangers. It really no should be, you know, that could, that would be amazing. And you definitely would sell that one out. Dude, we um, don't even need the other regional. Like it could be Devils, anybody, Edmonton, Colorado, like take a fast team, put them up against our team. Yeah, I know you're that. losing like that Philly contingent that's going to come up here, but come on, man. If someone had a chance to see Connor McDavid on the ice against the Devils outside. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, Flyers are not going to be very good. We don't know what the Islanders are going to be. Uh, I'm thinking probably not very good. Uh, and then you have those other two teams that are probably, I'd say, Stanley Cup contenders and the Rangers and the Devils, and they're not playing each other. I just yeah, think that, they, so you know, that's something that needs to replay to the playoffs. You know, that's always a good move. For, right. you know, they do that sometimes for the, you know, game of the week kind of setup. Yeah. These two teams met in the playoffs. 
I don't know why they wouldn't do that this time around. Um, so speaking of the stadium series, have you gentlemen had the opportunity to see a concept jersey that's floating around? No, no, I have I'm going to show you, and okay. uh, you're just going to get your reaction here. And I will preface this by saying, everyone online, it's either completely fake, is an actual concept that'll become something, might be the jersey. There's no consensus here, and I don't know where to begin, but I'll just show you. Ooh. I saw that. Okay, I did see that online. Okay. Now, I don't know if that is a concept, but I absolutely love it. I love it. The red looks a little off, but that might just be coming through a computer, coming through a phone. It looks a little orangey. So So it does. So for for anybody who hasn't seen it, it it is basically a jet black full suit. The only red is in the NJ of the Devil's logo. It's not the full logo. And right, there's no white there's, there's no emblem, right? There's, there's no, no emblem. like circle it's around it. It's just the, yeah, I and like then that. there's one Flat arm line. wrap on each side, one bottom wrap, and the socks are red. Everything else jet black. So it's just black on red. It pops in a way that's quite unique. Dan's right. This particular one that I got off of Twitter does look kind of an orangey red. Obviously, they're going to use I got to believe red. it's got to be the right red um, when they produce yeah. it. I don't know how this would come out and not be at least possibly the design because it was next to a flyers one it looked pretty classic you know as much as i give the flyers a lot of crap some of their jerseys can actually look pretty pretty classic when they soup them up a little bit but uh yeah i didn't know <laughs> i don't know no. what to think of it um i don't hate it no the, I, I wanted a know? black we got the one black i was not a huge i'm still trying to like our jersey jersey but this black uh i really like that that's a, yeah. that's a nice looking one especially with the right red with it that's the how the black should be yeah, you know that is how the black should be. So, yeah, um, I think Bobby that that is gonna be it. Uh, they have them right next to on this picture here. They have them right next to the flyer one. I guess that's the one that you saw. Yeah. Um, I think that's that looks like everything keeps popping up. That's the jersey. Um, Some people are saying no, nah, they don't announce it this early, and they're putting dates. I don't know where they get this stuff from, just based on previous years. But like I said, I cannot prove or. I mean, it's on Reddit, it so it has to be true, right? There's right. nothing false on Reddit. Uh, I mean, there's this one that I saw. This is butt-ass ugly. I think somebody made this one. Um, hmm. It's oh, yeah. you know green and black with the you know the NJ the N the NJ logo. I don't like at all. I like our classic yeah. one. I mean, like I where, can get behind the green and black maybe for like a Saint Patty's theme or something. Right. I don't know if I'd like to run with that. And then yeah, what did they do with that logo? They say it kind of separated the N from the J. Yeah. And it's now beside itself. Literally, different colors. I don't like it. Yeah, Which is exactly colors, yeah. you know the one thing that makes us have cool jerseys is the fact that the N and the J you know they're together that you spread yeah. them out to make two two different letters. I don't like that. And actually, that can bring us to uh, this article here by from Bleacher Report by Joe Yerden. He ranked every NHL team's home jersey for the twenty three twenty four season. Um, I'm just going to blow through some of these real quick. We'll start at 31. Um, I don't know where 30, where's 32. There's 31 starting. They have the Kings at 31. Uh, you know, just the classic, uh, you know, little triangle squared thing and just LA with the little crown on the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of boring. Number 30 Columbus blue jackets, which we will talk a little bit about too, when we're done with this, Just um, to be on it. <laughs> no, it's the one with the, the flaming, you know, the star with the streak, uh, you know, around it. I don't like it. Oh, um, yeah, 
The Anaheim Ducks are number 29. That's the one that's just kind of the flying V. Or I don't know if you guys can oh, see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that one, you know, the flying that's, D. Yeah, the flying D. That's great. Um, classic <laughs> flying D. The the classic St. Louis Blues come in at 28. And see, I kind of like the St. Louis I, yeah, Blues I'm jersey. good with some of the classics, but okay. Washington Capitals at 27. We got the 26 is Florida. We'll get to the top 10. 25 is Tampa. 24 is the Carolina Hurricanes. They have 23 is the Winnipeg Jets. I think that's too low for the Winnipeg Jets. I like their yeah, jersey I kind of dig a that lot. logo. It seemed I like you kind too. of grouped a bunch of the jerseys that were just a name down the center there for a while. Dan's favorite jersey is coming in at number two. 22, rather. The Ottawa Senators. Hmm. Colorado, <laughs> favorite. Colorado Avalanche, 21. He's got the Wild at 20. I like the Wild's jersey. The Wild's pretty cool. I, I, I like do. the colors. I, I like the uh, logo. I like the logo. The I, they're, one of, cool. they're one of my uh, more um, – I like them a little bit more than most. Uh, he has them at 20. I don't want to read mm-hmm. why he doesn't like them. Number 19 no is Nashville, the ugly yellow, gold, whatever it is. Oh, that one. The big yeah. bright yellow. The big like, bright yeah, one. Yeah. 18, he's got the Golden Knights. Uh, 17, he's got the green Dallas star with the, the D in the star, that one. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, as, if you compare it to all the Dallas star jerseys, I'm not totally against that. They did change their color green, though, right? Yeah. The other yeah. one was a little bit darker, and the new one is more, I don't know, more of like a brighter green. I have a cricket in here. Yeah. Is that what you hear that? I thought that was our audience. Holy it's, shit. The cricket took Tony's seat. I should let I should let my hey, cat cricket in Tony. Do it. <laughs> be the highest rated show we ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Number sixteen. I, I, this is a team whose jerseys I used to really like, and now I can't. This this one I don't dig, and that's Vancouver. The uh, the whale. Yeah. You know, the, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that one. Color scheme's not bad. Reminds me of the Whalers. It's the logo. I'm not a big fan. The Free Willy, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Number 15 is the old Seattle Kraken. See, I'm moving them up the list right now. Yeah, I'll tell you that. that. Well, I'll tell you, he gave them a much higher grade for their away jersey. Oh, he okay. likes that better. Number 14 is the old winged wheel in Detroit, which we all know. Number 13 is the Philadelphia Flyers, which I don't like their jerseys That's way at higher all. than it should be. Number 12 is the Boston Bruins. Hmm. Uh, original see. six, Boston Bruins, not too bad. You know, the you, wheel's a little weird. Number 11 is the New York Islanders. Now, who do you guys think is number one now that we're in the top 10? Got to be us. I'm definitely biased to that. Where I, <laughs> I would definitely think it's. I really do love our logo. I think it's absolutely I know. awesome. Our jerseys are. Well, awesome, you know that we're in the top I'm ten. This guy, you would, you would think that you're we're number one. Yeah. I, mean, I would go so. with number one. He's maybe going to pick like the Leafs or something. It is my favorite, but I don't know what he's going to do. Well, number ten, he has the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. Number nine, he has the San Jose Sharks. Number eight. Okay. He has the aforementioned Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Number seven, he has our New Jersey Devils. And he wrote, the trick with ranking jerseys is that sometimes a great logo can make or break where a team slots in. Fortunately for the New Jersey Devils, they have one of the best in all of sports to lean on. When the Devils changed their colors from red, green, and white to red, black, and white in 1992, it may have been the most logical change a team has ever made in their branding. Sure, the old Christmas jerseys were awesome, but in no way was green ever a color associated with the Devil. Changing from green to black makes the Devils the Devils. 
that the devil simplified their look with the less busy shoulder yokes to make it a straight up black and red attack just made sense. Sure, it worked out great that they made the change right when Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls were making every team in sports consider changing to red and black, but the devils were always mm. meant to look like that and their jerseys match the mood. There's a good reason they've never deviated from it in over 30 years. Number six, uh, a jersey that I really like is the Buffalo Sabres. Mm, yeah, it is a good He's one. Got, Especially the, we're looking at the uh, home colors, the blue, the gold trim. It's a little busy yeah. for me. No, this one's a little busy for me. This comes in at whatever number this oh, is. Jesus. Number Oh, my Jesus Christ. Are Sorry. The number five studio. is the Arizona Coyotes. I do need a studio. They, number, they put that joke of a logo at number five? Yeah. Yeah. Now listen, the Coyote away red jersey with the Coyote howling on it, not too bad. I, I'm kind of a fan with that. What color? I don't like is that one with the crazy Southwest looking, you know, Native American pattern on like, the bottom pattern. and everything. Yeah, man, talk I, about busy. You're right. I the only Arizona Coyote jersey I think I really like are those alternate ones they made with the maroon that just yeah, the said maroon. Arizona That's a going down. I, yeah. I like that jersey. It's simple. It's yeah. clean. But let's see what he writes for the Arizona one. The first and best thing the Coyotes did when they relocated from Winnipeg in the late 90s was to lean heavily into the Southwest U.S. aesthetic. The worst thing they did was completely go away from that for almost 20 years. The second best thing they ever did was bring it back with a vengeance as their full-time home jersey in 2021 to be followed by the... My phone just fucking went away. Uh, I just lost that. (laughs) Give me a second. You make up the rest. We'll never know. (laughs) Yeah, it really doesn't matter, but... um, yeah, so that was number – what number was that? Five. Four, five? One, okay, five. so let's get down to the four. Rangers are left. The Canadians are left. Oh, no, Rangers goodness. are gone. Oh, the Rangers oh, are gone. Yeah, Rangers are gone. Rangers. Number they seven. Place. They were number seven. Oh, okay. So number four no, – no, I'm sorry. The Rangers were number four. I oh, just okay. got to them. So the Rangers are number four. The Calgary Come Flames on. are number three. Which Flames jersey is he talking about? The they C with the flame, flame, the red one, yep. just yeah, a classic right C with the frame, the flame. You know, I kind of like how they were bold enough to use like a red and orange together because that's kind of a weird 80s thing, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not digging that logo. Flying C on fire. Okay. Yeah. Number two is the Edmonton Oilers. I Not a fan um, of their jerseys. And number one, of course, Montreal. Montreal. I don't know if you can really argue with Montreal. Like it ha- it is the, you know, historic classic of the yeah, classics. I mean it, it they haven't changed in that like what, five hundred mm-hmm. years they've had the same logo. So That's I'm okay why with the that. Expo jersey that they yeah. did for that fun thing that you know, the and Montreal Expo colors. I did totally dig it, but I was aware that a lot of Montreal fans are like, No, we are never gonna have a third jersey. Do not do that. You know, Montreal fans have to kind of get with the times and stop thinking that their team is the greatest hockey team of all time when you haven't won a cup in, since 1993. Um, yeah. I was actually watching. They had that they had that game five on uh, the NHL Network earlier, and I was watching right. the end of it uh, against uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, yeah, that was the last time. And that place was crazy. But, you know, win something. I like their team. I think they can be very good. I think they can be better this year. I don't think they're going to be on the, the, you know, completely on the bottom. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference, but they got a lot of work to do. Right. Yeah. So before we get off the Jersey thing. Yeah. 
have either of you heard what Timo Meyer is doing regarding changing his number? I did hear. I, about I did this. hear. Now, yeah. What He's, is the logic with this? Well, twenty-eight so, was his number. Twenty-eight was it? his number. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically, he wants to go back to it. He does feel like it's his lucky number, so. He's going to do that. But what I'm posing to you is his give back program. And I just want to know if you think it's great idea, not enough, total sham, whatever. What is it? Basically, for anyone that has already purchased his 96 jersey, if you come into the Devil's Den the first two weeks of the hockey season and you buy a number 28 jersey, you will get a 28% discount. Okay. So now you still have two Timo Meyer jerseys. It's not an exchange. They're just offering the a discount. the 96% discount. That's yeah. That's what basically what a lot of people are saying. Uh, in addition to that, the first 128 fans to purchase the 28 jersey will also receive a Timo Meyer signed puck, and he's also donating. I think he's matching the donation of the first two weeks, 28 percent to charity in the Devil's name. So he's basically trying to say, "Listen, I know you just bought the jersey. You're going to come in if you want to buy another one." Sure, you can't have it for free, right? But we worked out something. So you get a little discount off of it, you know, the free puck for some people. So my initial reaction was anything like that is cool to me. Like nobody's done that before that I can recall. At least he's trying something. It, right. It's hard for someone who maybe did just go out and spend, you know, $250 on a, a numbered jersey. I don't, I don't buy them with numbers, so I think that's what they go for, something like that. Um, but at least it is something, you know. That's, that's how I feel. And also – me personally, I wouldn't have a problem keeping his. Yeah, I was just going to say like, that. Like it, it's kind of you know, in five or six years when you're rolling with that '96 Meyer jersey, like that's kind of cool. You right. know, that's yeah. kind of cool. But there was a couple people, um, just again out on social media, and I don't know them personally, that just thought it was like, "Are you kidding me? That's that's all you can do." Um, well, and I kind of understand that is on those too. jerseys. It's got to be. Somewhat, but I mean, at least at the end point of sale, they're not getting them for you know fifteen dollars. It's marking them up to two fifty, obviously. Right. So I mean, maybe the twenty eight percent is pretty close to their profit margin on that anyway. So, which is kind of cool yeah. to say, you know, go ahead, uh, get the new jersey. We're gonna sell them to you at cost, which uh, you know I kind of get. I don't know. They can, they can afford to buy everybody a jersey. Probably I don't not. understand though the people bitching like you know. He could have not done shit, and you still would have gone out and bought the twenty eight jersey. You know, at least he's trying to do right. something. At least he's acknowledging that's, that's the fact my that, general you know, take on it. Uh, why, but people just in general, on especially on social media, they just have to shit on everything. You no know, some of these guys I read though, yeah. they're not like I, I see. I know the names only from like seeing their activity, and they're they're smart, engaged Devils fans. You know, it's not like a lot of these people are just loose cannons. I just happen to see a couple that kind of questioned, you know, the sincerity of it or whatever. And uh, so I w- I'm not going to like bash him for that. But when I take a step back again, like you just said, it's like it's something. It's more than anyone else has ever done. Right. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the weird part for me is like if I go to opening day in my team of Meyer 96 jersey, it says you got to come there wearing your 96 jersey to buy the 28 jersey. Now I got two jerseys going to the goddamn game. <laughs> like that's annoying to me. Yeah, but. that's true. But um, I mean, when it comes to jerseys, I don't know what you guys have or what, but because I'm big on, I do not buy jerseys of players that are on the team right now. Right. I, I refuse to. I'll always, if I'm going to buy a jersey with a name or number on it, it's going to be somebody retired or whatever. How do you guys feel about that? Like, do you have any jerseys of players that play right now on this team? I've never had any name on a Devils jersey. Um, I not opposed to it for the exact reasons you said. I'll go get an Ilyas jersey now. He's actually one of the ones I was going to get anyway because I kind of knew he was never leaving. But 
at one point, I even entertained the idea of Zach Parisi. Like, who'd have thought, seriously, that he wasn't going to get that next contract and stick around for a while? And I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I have none. In fact, the only jersey I have of a name, period, is Milky Wilson that you gave to me. Yeah, like yeah, 80s throwback jersey. And again, there's a legacy player retired, played for other teams, but you know that's that's totally different. So, yeah, I would go back now, and it's just a matter of cost for me. I just I only have. I already have a few jerseys. I only go to a couple games a year. I don't typically wear my jerseys out all the time. So I just don't need a closet full of jerseys I, where I'm going to go get numbers. I know a guy. I'll take care of you. Tell me what you want. And then my kid just bought me the reverse <laughs> retro white. Nice. You know, which is Very awesome. Cool. So now No name. For, no number. No name. Just, so, okay. So for the first a, time in years, I'm going to go to the home opener in white. Nice. What about you, Dan? Um, in the past, I've had you know number jerseys. I had a John McClain jersey. I remember that one. You would um, wear yeah. that pretty much every single day. Oh, yeah. You love well, that thing. That was until I got my Brodeur jersey, and he was still a current player at that time. Probably the safest bet. Uh, go ahead and buy that jersey, you know, uh, even though he's still on the team currently. But I probably moved to that position where just being an older guy now, I'm going to be honest with you, I think it feels kind of awkward and weird to have some younger guy's name on my back. Now, I know a lot of people are like, no, I'm supporting a team. I'm into it. He's a good player. And I totally respect that. I get it. But for me, it's just kind of weird, you know, like, especially if you have kids at high school sports, you know, you see that, like, wouldn't you feel weird having like some high school? And, and these kids are practically coming out of high school. So yeah. I just feel, it just feels bizarre to me. I'm not judging anybody. Who does I, get it. It. I just can't handle it. So I probably would not do a current player. Uh, it, it makes me wonder, though, like, you know, there's there's some guys that I am older than that, you know, I've been out of the game for a while as I start to get older and older. Maybe that would come back around where I wouldn't give a shit anymore. I wonder. Um, and then, like Bobby said, like, listen, man, when I'm thinking I can't even afford a ticket for some of these games, the letter jersey is also out of the budget. Right <laughs> you know, I would rather use man. it to watch a game than, uh, you know, and now, that's kind of crazy. I have, I do have a Nico Heischer jersey, but it was, oh, cool. it was a giveaway like a couple of years ago at my work that we were doing. Um, the beer guys brought all our stuff for a Super Bowl party that we were doing, so we had a ton of giveaways, and a Nico Heischer jersey was in it. And my my uh, the owner of the place just threw it, and he's like, he threw it to me. He's like, you're, you're a big devil fan, keep it. So I have that one. Um, That's cool. I have a Brodeur jersey. I have a Scott Stevens signed jersey, which actually I got one of my customers when um, one of my places, uh, this dude, Tony, older guy, uh, big devil fan. And he was he was in the FBI and he was retired. And I met him at Jersey Shore Fitness over there at a gym. And, you know, I was wearing a devil hat one day and we just struck up conversation when I opened my uh, my restaurant, he would come in with his wife all the time. And one day he popped in every year. He would run a uh, charity for um, families of nine 11. And they would, he would get all kinds of memorabilia from the jets, the giants, devils, Rangers, Islanders, nets, Knicks, the Yankees, Mets, all of them. And he came in and he's like, look, I have a Scott Stevens signed game worn Jersey that we're going to be bidding. Wow. He's like, do you want me to put a bid in for you? And I'm like, well, I have no idea what that would even go for at an auction. Like, I don't, I don't have that, you know, just, I appreciate it. Thank you. But I'm good. Two days later, he walked in with it and he was like, I got it for you. So I have that. That That's is like unreal. my prized possession. Definitely. Um, I do have a lot of, of Viking jerseys, like old players and stuff, but yeah, you know, if, 
First of all, anything that's given to you is gravy too. And again, I'm not against having names on the jersey, but I think anybody with any legitimacy as a devil, if I got, if I came across something, with, I think I might just frame it. I think I would yeah. probably just, you know, fold yeah. it up, yeah. frame it nice, if, especially if it's a person of, of name, you know, strong name for the devils. Definitely. That's probably where uh, I would go. You know, I, I like some, you know, obscure jerseys too, like from other teams. I've seen a bunch of them. There's a couple I would probably buy, you know, just teams that don't even exist anymore. I like that stuff. But believe it or not, some of my favorite jerseys are like men's league jerseys that teams I've played with and played against. Uh, the one team was called the Shooters, and you know that's a silly name for a team until you see the logo is Shooter McGavin's face. On the nice, <laughs> it's great. Nice, uh, and just some of them are cool. Like one was just you know a dumb name, Coastal Pirates. It's got this pirate chick on it, and you got to yeah, see like, it. And one that was like cool. the Titty something. What was the one? That, well, that's yeah. That's what was the name City. of that team? So the name of this team is Titty City and Titty City. <laughs> yes, they had pink jerseys with giant jugs on them. And, oh, they uh, actually had boobs on the jersey. Yeah, and I, I think somebody thought, hey, if they're pink. Breast cancer awareness. Nobody can really get on our case about there this. There you go. This is I'm true. I'm not sure the origin story of when they became Teddy City. And, you know, it's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, there's the uh, Reverse Cowboys. There's another team. So, you know, reverse they're always flirting Cowboys. with disaster. Yeah. Uh, we some were, of them just are good names, not good jerseys. You know, there's their dad bods. Uh, you know, we were Chico's Bell Bonds once. That was yes, one of our, that's right. our team names yeah. for one of the leagues we were in. Chico's Bell Bonds. That. that was awesome. Yeah, that's a classic name. Yeah. But um, yeah, the jersey wise, I, I, I'm, as much as I would love to have like a Jack Hughes jersey or something, I, like like you said, if I did have a Jack Hughes jersey, my uh, I would want to get it signed and framed, and then that's yeah. it. like not okay. to wear. That's yeah. his first jersey. He's got a Jack Hughes jersey. We're gonna bring that to his first game and hopefully get it signed for him and stuff. Like that's awesome. He's yeah. a nine year old kid looking looking up that's to Jack Hughes. So you know, cool. that's the way to go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you could definitely get it signed. Probably not by Jack, but you could definitely get it signed by somebody. <laughs> well, that's I got the guy uh, next my to jersey signed, and I took that's my right. younger mm-hmm. brother, who's way younger than me. And at the time, he was you know just getting into hockey, started playing and everything, and uh, you know he was actually trying out goaltending first. He eventually moved out to defense. So he was big into Bredorum. I took him there, and I was thinking, oh, cool. My brother was a really good hockey player. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And he still is, actually. I got to play with him a couple of years ago, and he hasn't really lost anything. He's pretty, he's pretty good, uh, really good defenseman. But he didn't stick with the goaltending thing, so I don't I think he really cared about the Bredorum jersey too much after that. But, um, he, you know, that was a fun experience. I think it's like an old uh, sports authority or something in the area that's since closed down. And he was appearing at that, so he showed up. It was pretty cool. Now, how long ago was that? Like, what what year was he in? Jeez, oh, oh, boy, I'm trying to remember. I can't even tell you what year it was. It, you it can was tell us. After '95, I would love to tell you. I just can't. <laughs> but no, it was after '95. It was probably between '95 and 2000. I don't think he had had a second cup by then. Okay, I'm just going on intuition. I'd have to figure out how old my brother was and do some math, and I'm just not suited to. That. My mother got me uh, years ago for Christmas one year. She got me an Edmonton Oilers Gretzky jersey, so I actually do have that. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere. I don't know okay, exactly right? where it is. What's that? He was okay, that guy. Yeah, I heard he of him. All right, he's all right. Now, um, with this going. team coming up this year, this Devil team. Now we know that Jack Hughes is going to do Jack Hughes stuff, and Nico Heischer is going to do his thing, and you know even. Like, I think that Timo Meyer is set to have probably the best year of his career with this offense around him. But give me, like, maybe two players that you're really hoping to see kind of pop 
and develop and really have career years this year, or, you know, maybe not looking for it, but maybe you'd like to see them. Maybe it's not in the cards, but you would like to see that person do it. Now, for me, I think that this year is going to be a big year for Dawson Mercer. Um, I, I just, I love this guy's game. Um, you know, Bobby, I mentioned before about, you know, this guy being able to play, uh, anywhere, you know, you can put him in the top six, you can put him in the bottom six. It doesn't matter. He can play wing, he can play center. And I, I just think that the devils, I think if another couple of years of him developing, he's going to be one of those players on this team that you cannot win without. You know what I mean? Like he, he's going to be such an integral part to whatever this team does in the future. Um, So I'm super, super excited to watch him. That third year in a player's development too is a big year because anything can happen your first year, right? Typically you're not going to, you know, blow the doors down. And then there is a lot of talk about the sophomore slump, which from what I've seen is pretty darn good thing. It does seem to happen quite a bit. And that third year, you really start to get comfortable. You've been a pro now for several years, not to mention the NHL side, but and uh, so it's really exciting to see what happens in a third year. The, the third year, I feel, with any sport or any position, um, it's that you – that's the year if you know they're for real. Okay? You know, you, you gave us one good year. Maybe you did slump a little bit, but that, you know, potential's there. What are you going to do in that third year? You've been there long enough. You know the system. You've developed. And now what can you do? It's also – it's a natural thing in most of us when you're the young guy and then you turn around after a couple of years and realize – I got a couple years on these guys now, and and maybe you start helping them, maybe you don't, but you still see them coming up, and it does for a lot of people anyway. Kind of go into your confidence mode. You're you you're you're not just that young kid anymore. Right. Not that he ever thinks he's not a part of the big part of the picture, but it, it does play a part in your mind for sure. How about you, yeah. Dan? Well, Mercer is definitely a great call, but you know, I'm going. I'm thinking about two people in particular. Um, one, I just, I really want him to have the year that he seems like he left us, you know, the promise of that's Luke Hughes, you know, I think, uh, you know, this is for all intents and purposes, real rookie year. And I think it could be one of the best rookie years of any defenseman. It's very possible. Uh, but, you know, we also would not be super shocked if he's got some growing to do. What makes me think that it's less, you know, of a, of a growing period than most is how quickly he adapted yeah. to a handful of games last year. It was, it was incredible. And I haven't seen people, you know, with that much skill also adapt to, you know, a, a new level of play so fast in real time. That was, that was pretty amazing. And then of course, the other person I'm thinking about is uh, Akira Schmidt. I feel like he's our biggest X factor in the goaltending. Um, look, not to say that we don't, we know everything there is to know about Vanacek because I believe he can turn in a better playoff performance. Uh, but the truth is we don't really know what Schmidt can do night in and night out. And if he has a great year and answers some of those goalie questions for us, emerges as a number one perhaps, and it's just playing lights out. Yeah, you know, it, 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 are we going to have some kind of question going into playoffs considering he just had a couple games in the playoffs? Yeah, sure, I guess so. But um, that would be uh, fantastic for him to have a, a breakout year. Now – I, I mean, I have no I idea it's going to happen. <laughs> I think that those, like the game six and seven in the Ranger series and all of the uh, Carolina series, I honestly think that Luke Hughes was our best defenseman. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, like you said, how crazy it was that this kid was able to adapt and and be a dominant player on the ice at 
in the playoffs. Like this right. wasn't like this. If it's November, you're like, okay, this guy's you know maybe got some chops. This was the playoffs. Like and the stakes don't get any higher. Distinctly different atmospheres and scenes for him to jump into. Number one was just the drama of the Rangers series and how it started, your closest rival and all that. Then you go from that to the blowout mess that was happening in Carolina, and you still keep your composure, play a solid game. Um, very impressive. For me, yeah. he's actually one too. I have to go with Luke Hughes because I'm so excited to see what he can do. And if, if, if it's in the blood, like I see it from his brother, specifically Jack, that's what makes me so excited about where this kid's ceiling is. We saw him in like five games or whatever it was. Like the, yeah. He's got so much ceiling. But then what really makes this question hard for me is that I can legitimately see a scenario where every single player in our top six has a better year. Like a more productive – every one of them could go up in goals and points, and that's crazy to think of. But for me, I'm going to go with the unknown because other than knowing simply the stats, and that's Toffoli. I'm blown yeah. away by this. I, I want to I see what he's going to do. I only know of his name because I watch hockey and, you know, he scores 30 goals and that kind of thing. But to throw him up in that mix now. So for me, that's the two I'm looking for. Because I think I know what I'm going to get from Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Yeah. To, yeah, like I said, they're going to do what they do. And right. the Tyler Toffoli thing is extremely interesting because I don't think we have a guy – we definitely don't have a forward on our team that has a shot like him. And, uh, you know, a one-timer like Toffoli, I mean, between I, – I just think our power play should be so good this year. I yes. mean, they, they should be clicking at such a high rate uh, with all that offensive um, – talent on the ice but then you know dan about akira schmidt i really hope that he takes the number one spot i really yeah. do i mean i it's, so I much have, i like about the way he plays how calm he is yeah he does have the size that's always good yeah. you know and if he could develop and be that guy i mean there's no stopping this team and you know about goalies we were talking last show about the prospect challenge, about the two games that uh, had happened up till then. And then Monday they played Boston at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get to watch it. I did watch highlights. And the goalie in net was Riley Mercer, 19-year-old little brother of Dawson. And it was the only game out of the tournament we won. Um, I think uh, Squire scored a goal and Graham Clark scored a goal. And we actually, some of our... Our prospects that, you know, we're really looking to possibly be a part of this team in the coming years look pretty good, but he looked really freaking good. I mean, awesome. I, I know he's kind of jumped around. He's been at a couple of different camps or whatever. I think he would spend a little time in Ottawa. He spent a little time a couple of other places. But if he can get picked up, whether it's AHL, ECHL or whatever, I really would. I mean, could you imagine, uh, you know, Dawson Mercer and Riley Mercer, and then you got the Foot Brothers and the Hughes Brothers? Yeah. I, <laughs> this could be a crazy team. He's only nineteen, too. Like that's amazing. He's only like, nineteen. You talk about where he's been. Nineteen. Like I was graduating high school, <laughs> so you know, let's give the kid a break. I'm sure he's got time to develop. I graduated oh, at seventeen. Awesome. Well, you were a genius. You I jumped was, a couple of grades. That's no, why, I was right? just behind the curve. I started. My I started senior year at sixteen. I didn't get my license till se- senior year. Somebody Everybody else was driving. Yeah, my mother. <laughs> but if she kept me back, I wouldn't probably even know you guys. We wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast That's right true. now. That's true. You know, be doing some probably be a Ranger fan. Who knows? You know? Yeah. No, Boy, definitely. Not. I didn't know our definitely junior not. class uh, 
Yeah, we're all Ranger so fans. Rich, big Ranger fans. Right? <laughs> well, before we move on, we will give a shout out to our Hockey Podcast Network and our sponsors over at DraftKings. Woohoo! This is Stanley Cup champion Jim Dowd, and you're listening to Uncle Puck. And this is Stanley Cup champion Jim Dowd, and you're listening to Uncle Pucker's New Jersey Devil Podcast. We are back with another week of football, boys and girls. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's right. You throw $5 down on any of this week's epic matchups and you could walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. Oh, no, they're not. All customers can take advantage of not one but two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftking.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So get in on it now. DraftKings Sportsbook, code THPN. All right, we are back, and I had to play that again because I had my volume down on it, so I apologize. We've had some breaking news. That we do? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, breaking news during the ad break. Breaking news. Apparently, there's this phrase on a very popular um, TV show, or its fans have a hell of a time rooting for this New Jersey NHL franchise, and the answer is, who are the devils? Jeopardy. Oh, Jeopardy. it was yeah. uh, Jeopardy. Okay. How about that? Oh, did, did they get it right at least? I don't know. I just, you know, it popped oh. up on Facebook. I, I do want to touch on the Babcock uh, Columbus <laughs> situation. Say that again? Just <laughs> what do you want to touch it? on? Ba- I want to touch the Babcock. <laughs> gotcha. Um, That's what I thought you said. So, you know, we talked about it a little bit on Saturday night and we didn't know what was happening. And, you know, we knew that the NHLPA was investigating. We weren't sure where it was going. And then Sunday he resigns. We still don't know exactly what happened, but... I don't know if you guys saw any of the press conferences and stuff afterwards yes. with uh, Kukalainen and, and um, Davidson basically falling on their swords and saying, we never should have made this hire. We made a big yeah. mistake and blah, 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 which is just lip service to the, I think, ownership to be like, please don't fire us. It, it is lip service. And, you know, just before you go on for two seasoned executives like that, I, I thought that they probably could have spoke a little more from the heart and not have to read down on their piece of paper every five minutes, every five seconds. I mean, it's clear what you need to say. And if you can be at that level of, you know, as an executive and you really have to keep going down to your notes and having short sentences, I just thought that was a little a little weak. I understand what they said. What they said was right. I just thought a little more, you know, passion does, could have come out. Does this 
hurt the Columbus Blue Jackets this season? Do you, I mean, you, you, you make this big hire. It's all the news in the summertime. It was one of the biggest stories. This guy not only doesn't even get a chance to coach a game, he doesn't even get a chance to fucking coach a practice. And I don't he's think it's gone. definitely not a good thing, but it's, it's probably better than keeping him because you know the way this is going to work. It's just going to grow and grow and grow. It's going to become a distraction via a whole media story during the season. They had to pull the Band-Aid off quick, I think. And uh, that's probably the best move. It's not. A, it's not a great thing. But what else could you do? To me, the only thing that I think can cause a rift with them is when you have guys like Boom Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau and stuff that are were cool with what Babcock right. was doing. They were defending Babcock, and then you have these younger guys, and we don't know exactly who it was that or what group of kids or it was that had a problem with this. But is that going to cause any friction in the locker room? That, you know, some guys might say, you know, you basically got our coach fired and, you know, other guys, I just, I don't know. I'm, you I'm know, just... and I don't know this either, right? But how much of that is also just a veteran knowing what he needs to say to help kind of smother this out where maybe he personally didn't like it either, but he knows the value of, you know, keeping everybody in the room, keeping the coach respected and, and just, you know, maybe wanted to win. We don't know that either. And, you know. It made me think because all everybody kept talking about was how out of touch guys like Babcock are with these young guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, we have the oldest coach in the NHL. I'm pretty sure Lindy's the oldest coach in the NHL. And up until maybe a year or so ago, <laughs> in the whole world ever, he's 742 years old. He's like two years younger than Yoda. Yeah. And maybe, um, maybe older. So <laughs> possibly older. So he definitely looks it. But. He might be the oldest guy. I think he is. And then you have like the Devils who up until maybe a year or so ago were the youngest team in this league. I mean, they added some, you know, Palats and Hollas and Toffolis. That, you know, raises their average a little bit. But they are a very young team. And how much of a, like, per, I, I was, you know, I can question some of Lindy Ruff's coaching um, philosophy in some ways. But how he has gotten to these kids, I think it's remarkable. I really do. For a guy that age to be able to somehow, uh, you know, be able to fit in with these guys and they have, he has their respect. They bust their ass for him. It's just really does go to show how good Lindy is with this. Now, I really hope that they can go and win a cup with Lindy. Um, You know, the more that when Dan had mentioned it a little while ago on a couple of shows ago, is it ever going to get to a time where, okay, Lindy developed these guys and got them only so far and you're going to have to bring somebody else in a la you know vegas you know with with uh what the hell is his name cassidy right um you know and and get over that hump and i hope it doesn't happen because lindy deserves a cup and he deserves it with this team with everything that he's done and how he's developed it i really hope that he's around if this team ever does reach that that milestone because I, I, but you know, I know like we should, I should on him a lot, but as far as like his technique, I mean, just some of the things he does behind the bench, I'm like scratching my head, but man, there, you cannot argue with the results of how he has developed these guys. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, he always like seems a little bit of an enigma to me. And I, I blame that on me. You know, I feel like, uh, he's always been a couple steps ahead of me. So when I question him, I'm also quite aware that you, you said it. You can't argue with his results. He does such a good job with this team. You never see like the team uh, has kind of like lost faith in him or anything like that. Quite the opposite, you know. And that's a uh, 
been a, the best thing about the development of this team in recent years is Lindy. Bob, anything to add? For Lindy? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've always maintained I thought he was a great coach for this team. I liked his style. I do know, of course, with the line changes at all, but I also said on record a couple times, I do feel like he does have a rhyme or reason to it. Uh, sometimes it sure seems like he doesn't, and maybe sometimes he doesn't. But I think he's a very strategic thinker. I think he's very in tune with the flow of the game. Um, I think he's still the right coach for us, and I certainly hope he gets uh, a cup for me, and then he can have it too, I guess. Do Do you think that Timo Meyer wearing number 28 is going to have some bad juju? Just with the whole Damon Severson. Only Dan does. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of do too. I was like, no, why does it have to be twenty eight? Twenty eight. We, you know, Rafalski was a twenty eight. Sean Chambers, yes. or, yeah, or is he twenty nine? I can't remember. I think he was twenty nine. You know, yeah, but uh, you know, no, Severson ha- cannot stain the number twenty eight to the point where it's going to pass on to Meyer. I refuse to believe in such black magic. Or, or <laughs> hopefully, Timo will bring it back to respectability. Yeah. Yes, that's that's, right. that's it. But I am so excited. How many days do we have? We have like, what, three weeks, right? And then we have until the clock drops. And we have preseason coming up this Monday, which is going to be a lot of fun. Great. So yeah. what, let's go over that preseason schedule. Who do we have first? What do we? Got? I believe the first is Montreal. Monday is a split squad, right? You have it, Bob, or you want me to pull um, it up? I can pull it up. Go ahead. But, um... Yeah, I think Monday was a split squad, Montreal and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about any of the other games. And then also, are they, like, can you get them on MSG now? Or do you have to go to, like, the YouTube channel or whatever to watch these? That is a great question. Because I don't know if MSG is is covering them. I do have to say something real quick off the subject. Bobby, did you watch any football this weekend or no? I, I did. I did watch some football this weekend, actually. I've actually been enjoying football this year. Did you watch any of the games Monday night? No. Okay, so Bryce Young, you know who he is, right? Bryce Young, the overall, the first overall pick yes. uh, quarterback for Carolina Panthers. I am going to make a hot take. I'm going to put it on record right here that Bryce Young will go down in history as the greatest quarterback in XFL history because there is no way this dude can make it in the NFL. Bro, I'm watching wow. that game on Monday night, and he is – dude, he's my size. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care how great of an arm you have. I don't care all this stuff. Like, you are not going to make it when you are a five. They have him listed at 5'10. There's no fucking way he's 5'10. Like, if you're 5'9, you're lucky. And you're going to try it first. I don't even know how you see over half these dudes. They're 6'3, 6'4, 6'6, some of them. And, you know, you got guys that are 300 pounds, 260, barreling down at you. This guy, I've seen, he was getting just slightly tapped and getting sacked. Like this guy's got, I, I, I'm watching. I'm like, man, they just they traded so much to move up to get him, and I think he's going to be one of the biggest busts in NFL history. But he will pull a Doug Flutie, like when uh, Flutie went over to the CFL and lit it up. He'll do that in the XFL. So that's it. So in ten years' time, when that happens, you come back to this podcast. You heard it here first. That's, that's exciting. Podcast, like so excited for the XFL. <laughs> so what do you All got, right, I did get the schedule up. Okay, so right, after, the, after the split with Montreal on Monday, we actually have the Rangers on Thursday at Madison Square Garden. Where are the games on Monday? Are they both away? Let's see, at Montreal and versus Philly. So Okay, so home. that's at home. Yep. So then we got, yeah, uh, the Rangers Thursday. We have at Philly on Saturday the 30th. Then we go to October, Monday the 2nd versus the Islanders. 
Wednesday the 4th versus the Rangers. Friday the 6th at the Islanders. And then they're off until opening day. So other than Montreal, we just play the Flyers, Islanders, and Rangers in the preseason. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a fun camp. It really is. I, I can't wait to see if, you know, I like Graham Clark. I'm real curious to see how him and Holtz uh, match up to see who's going to take that spot because I really do. I think it's up to those two, I mean, to play alongside uh, uh, Palat and Hala. Uh, I don't think anybody else is in the running for that. Do you? I don't personally. Uh, well, foot. I mean, I still think there's a place for him on this team. Yeah, I think it would be with McLeod and Bastion, though. I don't oh, know yeah, if they yeah, would move right. him. I'm saying that that Tatar spot, basically, it would be yes, Tatar spot. For with... sure. It's going to be really exciting to that. So I wonder what you guys think about that, given the strength of this team, like how the team is built. This preseason, do you think we're going to see more of kind of the same where the guy, the main guys aren't getting in for a while? Or do you think they're going to say, no, nah, we pretty much got a core. We're looking specifically at a few guys. And maybe the Jack Hughes and the Timo Myers get more time than you normally would. I mean, I like preseason just so the guys, you know, you, you want, especially in this division and this whole conference in the East, you cannot get off to a slow start. So, you know, you want the timing to be there. You want the guys to be pretty comfortable. But then there's always that, you know, uh, that fucking sort of Democles just hanging over our heads that somebody's going to get injured. And that's the thing that yeah. scares me. Like I would rather take our top six and put them in bubble wrap and then throw them out there and see what happens. But I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think they probably will get a lot of time because you do have some new guys on there too. Like, you know, where's the yeah. fully going to fit in and even Meyer, like we don't, you know, he didn't he had 20 games before the playoffs and he was just kind of thrown in. So I think it's going to, you know, and Lindy loves shuffling lines. That was one of the biggest shuffles, right? Like he didn't, score in the first two games and every sudden he was changing up right away. Yep. He got moved a lot. You know, I mean, I think that it would probably be to start. I would expect it to be Mercer, Heischer, Meyer on line one, and then Brat and Hughes and Toffoli on line two. Um, and then, like you said, you can kind of move those guys around, uh, especially, you know, Meyer and Toffoli. They can bounce up and bounce down, but you know, they will. Um, I, I think they probably will get a lot of ice time uh, this preseason, especially. That's my feeling. And I'm curious what goalies are showing up in camp. You know, how many goalies are going to be there? And uh, who's going to, you know, is there anybody that's going to step up that's maybe going to make this team question, you know, hey, let's, you know, maybe somebody's got some, some legs and they like them and they throw them down in the AHL and, and hopefully, may, you know, it, it well. Not hopefully, but if we get an injury or something, we got somebody that hopefully can come in and play. Uh, that's that's because that's the thing that scares me the most is our goaltending. Let alone if somebody goes down, mm-hmm. because if Vanacek gets hurt, who who is it? It's Schmidt and and who? I don't know. Because we'll probably Daw- see yeah. Dawes during the you know preseason. I would expect yeah, we'll he's injured. Oh, Dawes, yeah, Dawes won't be that. available till around December. So, you know, he would be a guy I would definitely want to see in the preseason, but I don't know, you know, he won't be there. So that's the thing. They haven't announced everybody that's the at camp yet, have they, Bob? I don't know if they – because I know today was just physicals, so I don't think yeah. anything came out today as far as any kind of media or anything like that. I haven't seen it yet, but I also went kind of straight from work into this. So if it's out there, I didn't really get a chance to see it. But And what about you, Dan? You got anything else? Look like you're falling asleep over there. 
No, but I actually have a, it sounds like some kind of a jazz club has opened up in my house. So I've actually tried to mute as much as possible. Nice. Oh yeah. Jazz. What is that? The kids are playing their instruments? Yes. It looks like it's practice time. Is that Everybody's a checking their phone? Is that so a here we go. saxophone? Saxophone. What do you got, Bob? Well, um, I do have an article written by James Nichols for New Jersey Hockey Now. Okay. It's three bold predictions. Now, mm. I did not read this detail to detail yet because I wanted to run through his three predictions without any biases coming up from something I read. I'm just going to point them out and just see your reactions. Uh, the first bold prediction is Vitek Vanacek will enter the Vesna conversation. Mm, that's bold. It's very bold. bold. I'm excited about it, prospect of it, but it's bold. And glancing, he, again, I'm not detailing it. I'm going to go back and read it. But obviously he speaks to the first, first year he had a bigger workload and how statistically well he did. Um, Dan, you're a goalie. Yes. Can Vitek Vanacek be in the Vesna conversation? Yes, I think any current NHL goaltender possesses that ability to where they could have a crazy... Now, when you handicap that for odds, it's not super high, right? If we were going to say the top 10 goaltenders are going to be in it, VTech wouldn't be on anyone's list. We could ask uh, a bunch of people in media. We could ask the fans in general. And I don't think he's going to be on anybody's list. But no, I mean, any, any current NHL play, goaltender, and they could definitely make that list. Uh, and so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Bob brought up a good point. You know, maybe he does require that. Maybe this talk about not having a good uh, relationship with heavy workload is BS, you know, and maybe it's talk that has kind of gotten his head. Maybe he breaks out of that. Um, I think he's got the tools to be elite Vesna contender. Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? I would not bet big money on it. I really wouldn't. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for it for sure. I'm excited to say that maybe this guy knows something I don't, that he's ready to pop for some reason. It's possible. What about you, Bob? What do you think? I think Dan nailed it. I mean, for anybody, it's possible. And I think he's a better than average goalie in the league. Like, put him in the top 15 or whatever you want to call from what I've seen. And, and I thought he had a really great year. I do see that goalie in him that could be spectacular at times. So is it within the realm? Sure. Is it likely? Probably not, just given some of the other names that are out there. But um there's, there's, it's not for lack of talent. I think he does have an opportunity. If you can take any goaltender from the league right now and plop them in the Devils, who would you take? That's uh, a tough call. Yeah, I mean, I would really now, big or... on Shesterkin, to be honest with you. And um, it's hard to go against him. It really, is. it is. I would go to the other New York team. I would take Ilya Sorokin. Like, I mean, you can't I, go wrong. I like Sorokin. Um, so what does he actually write about the VTech thing? No, I, like I said, I didn't go back and read all the details. Oh, okay. So you just wrote down. Okay. So what's right. I just wanted to see what our gut reaction okay. was to it. I'm going to go back and read it after on um, the third point. I did get a little more specific cause that was important. His second bold prediction is that no one foot will blossom into an everyday NHLer. That's something that you had said back in the spring, Bobby. Yeah. yeah after the season. Very yeah. possible. He's got a role, whether it be third or fourth line. Another guy that for me, like I'm, we know who I'm rooting for to make the team, but I, some, something about foot tells me he might be a better long-term NHLer. So it's very possible this is the year where he takes a step hold. Well, I think they're, you know, I know you're talking about Holtz and, um, you know, they're, they're different players. I mean, I think what, what Nolan, I almost said Adam Foot, his father, what Nolan Foot brings, I think is, um, 
every team needs a guy like that, you know, and, and cause you know, he's going to produce at that level every single night, a guy like Alexander Holtz. I mean, we still don't know what the hell we have, you know, that's the, he is the biggest question mark going into this training camp. And we know he's going to probably make the team, but can he stay there? That's the big thing. I think that he's a hundred whoever wrote that, uh, Jim Nichols, I think, James uh, I think he's a hundred percent right that Nolan foot will be the guy that is in that lineup every single night, because I think that fourth line, I mean, I don't know where guys, I know we're going to have injuries and stuff like that, but like a Lazar, I don't know where he fits in on this team right now. Like to me, that fourth line is McLeod, Bastion and foot. And that's what it should be. And I think that that could be a very, very good fourth line. Um, the third line again, we don't know because it's, it's going to be somebody, hopefully it's Alex Holtz, but you know, we're not saying that with Nolan foot. We're like kind of plugging him into that fourth line. Like we're pretty confident he's going to make that. You're muted, buddy. I like if it's foot because now if it's the BMF line instead of BMW. (laughs) Right. The big mother, bad motherfucker line. Exactly. Oh, I like it. The bad motherfucker line. That's awesome. right. Maybe on TV you say it's the uh, Pulp Fiction wallet line, or so, I don't know. What <laughs> How you're about the something. bad mother shut your mouth That's line? Great. I like that. I like that too. Can we get Can we get Spalding to do that? That would be great. I don't think so, but we could try. I bet we get Danico to do it. <laughs> he would just stumble all over it. He would definitely mess up and be like, the bad motherfucker liner out there. He would definitely mess up and spit it out. But, I've never heard Kenny uh, let an F-bomb slip. No. Which I give him credit. No. Because you know he must have just not stopped. It just he, seems like that kind of guy. You know who I'm surprised I never let an F-bomb slip? is Chico Resch. I'm really surprised because he gets oh, so excited. But he gets so excited during games. Yeah, he does. You know, and Matt. Like, he doesn't ever use those words. Because he's oh, like. Like Matty will be calling the game and you hear him in the back when they score. He's like, yes, yes. You know, like I expect him to be like, fuck yeah. You know, like, oh, whoa, fun. You know. Yeah. That. When he got when he like stepped down from being like the guy, I think right. he was finally like, oh my god! Next time I do this, I just get to totally be myself because yep. he does do that in the background, like losing his shit. Like nobody else does that. It can and be intimidating when you are brought in to do color next to Doc Emmerich. I can totally see how that can intimidate the living shit out of you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and being with Maddie, I think, is a lot less uh, pressure. Plus, you're on the radio. You know, not yeah. not you know, barely, who's listening to you. Not many people. Exactly. You can <laughs> eat a hot dog while you're calling the game, and that's all he's ever wanted to do. Yeah, hot you're right. <laughs> that's it. And uh, yeah, no, I, I caught some of them last year and I really enjoyed them. I'm like, Chico is not only still great, he's better than ever. I think it's being with Matt. I think it's being on the radio. And he's just like this happy guy. I mean, he's kind of like, you know, the happy dog of, of uh, you know, commentators. He's always got yeah. a smile on his face. Yeah, he's no always, what. his tail's always he doesn't wagging. Mind, yeah, and he doesn't mind, you know, being a homer to an extent. You know, he's like, okay with that. Uh, but... You know, I, I think he's also very fair. Um, watching the Devils blow uh, one of those games against the Rangers, he was very candid about it, and not in an angry way. He was just like in a, oh well. Like if the guy was dropping f bombs, I don't know what I would make out of it. You know, because <laughs> I've never seen him like that. No matter how bad things get, he's uh, always been kind of like a happy guy. And that's why, if I was ever a play-by-play guy in any sport, I couldn't be the play-by-play guy for my team. 
you know, I'd have to be able to do it for yeah. somebody else because you just, you know, you wear it. I, I would just, you know, like games one and two, and I wouldn't it. be able to call those games. I'd be fucking cursing the team out. Like, yeah. how could you let the fucking Rangers come in here and do this to you? But all right, what's the third bold okay. prediction? Third and final bold prediction. This one, I went into his bullet points a little bit without going full on detail. The Devils will win the Stanley Cup this mm. year. Wow, he cites these one. reasons on what you need to be a Stanley Cup winning team. And we have them all. A franchise player. Mm-hmm. A number I, I, one I'd defenseman. argue we have two. You could definitely do that. And I'd argue we'd have two number one defensemen as well. You could definitely as well. <laughs> do that. A Selkie caliber forward. Oh, yeah. Got Playoff it. experience. Check. Strong support class. Check. And depth. Check. Yeah. He doesn't have grit in there. And I do think that's something that you need. But I also. He doesn't have spectacular goaltending. No, he doesn't. I feel like you need that too. But do you? I mean, mean, Aiden Hill. I just go back to him last year. and, And, you know, Vegas was. Their defense was phenomenal. They allowed you. You know, we. You get that shot in on Aiden Hill, and the puck they 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 turned around. Their transition game was bang right out the ice. You know he had he very rarely in all of those sixteen wins had to make recovery saves and you know rebound saves and things like that. His defense was stellar. So I don't know. Do you need Andre Vasilevsky every year to win the cup? I don't know anymore. Um, you definitely need solid goaltending. Let's then change it from spectacular to solid. Yes. It has to be there. You can't have them giving up questionable goals. And this is what we were tarred with last year. Um, I think it was maybe overstated. I don't think the goaltending was as bad as many people, including Devils fans, said it was. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody would fairly say that was a solid goaltending performance. You got there all the way through the playoffs up until you lost. It wasn't that like that, you know? Right. I mean, they do have all those pieces. Uh, if you had to make a, a bold prediction or hot take for this season, what would it be? Do you, I mean, I can see this team winning the President's Trophy. I was just thinking that. You know, President's Trophy is totally within reach. Let's face it, they were not that far off last year except for an insane pace by Boston. Yeah, You know, they were really in the hunt for second place on that uh, the whole way through. Uh, so, yeah, it's not – crazy stretch to say and it's uh what it's amazing how this team has gotten better on paper and they were already spectacular last year so that's not out i would say it's it, you know it's going to seem less bold uh than saying they're going to win the stanley cup but i see them going to the conference finals as like a very uh, a high probability bet i mean i i think i picked them to go to the conference finals um and that's just a super safe bet. Uh, you know, who? there are other teams. Maybe we end up with somehow Toronto and uh, the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's plausible too. But, you know, it's probably less plausible than the Devils versus one of those teams. So that's probably the, the most likely thing that I think is a safe bet. And uh, so I don't know how bold it is, but that's my prediction. I like it. Bob? Um, so I want this to be bold, I guess mm, something a think. little different. So I'm going to go. This is a safe space. Just is let it, it go. Just Dude. let it go. No one's going to listen Jack to this. Hughes no, probably not. Goals. Okay. That's I, I 
think that uh, Dawson Mercer, given he's playing in the correct role, meaning consistently in the top six, will flirt with 40 goals. Ooh. Now what he had last year. 20, yeah, I was going to say he had like 28, right? yeah, 29. Yeah. Okay, something like that. High 20s last year. You could say 40 like goals. Flirt with, you know, a 10, 12 goal increase. Uh, more more goal increase. Yeah. So you're saying 35 or over this year there for Dawson go. Mercer. Yeah. Oh, man, what a season that would be. And Tom Fitzgerald will be kicking himself in the ass. They didn't lock him up this summer yeah, sure because was. he's going to be much more expensive next summer. I hope he stays. I really do. I hope he of likes course. it here. I hope he wants to stay because I do think that he is that guy that can be a catalyst for this team because, you know, like, here's another question. Do you think everybody talks about this, that when a team, you know, has a little bit of playoff experience and they lose in the playoffs and then they come back the next year and they win the cup or whatever, or they don't make the playoffs. And then the next year they go and win the cup like Vegas did. And uh, even when, you know, I think when Boston won their cup, they didn't make the playoffs the year before or something. But do you think the playoff run they had last year was enough for this team to give them enough playoff experience? Or, or do you think that that really doesn't matter? I'm curious. It does matter. It is a good thing. It would probably be that much more weighty and, predictive of this upcoming year if they had maybe made it to the conference finals and won that round against Carolina that would be huge you could be like wow you know this team is definitely you know go but I would say that that's enough um, for them to have that taste to know they can do it right that's important the playoff atmosphere is totally different and uh, they you know they had as as a pretty eventful playoffs uh, you know to come back from being down 2-0 showed a lot of grit showed a lot of tenacity, uh, you know, beating your crosstown rivals. Um, that was huge. So that first round was great. Second round, you know, hopefully they take lessons of why they fell apart. Um, I think that uh, – so that could be helpful. would have been great that they have that, wow, we were just at the conference final. We were one more win from going to the Stanley Cup finals, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Yeah, that would be even better. But let's face it, we can't act like this doesn't matter. Imagine they didn't make the playoffs last year. Or even imagine they went down in the first round. Would you be feeling as good about this season, even with the upgrades they made? I I think I feel better knowing that they made the playoffs and they won the the first round. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good thing. Well, I think winning that round definitely was super important for their development as far as coming in the playoffs. Um, I do worry, though, that, you know, you – you get into another first round series against the Rangers. It's, uh, you know, six, seven games. It's emotional. It's, uh, you know, that wiped them out. I really do. I mean, I, I know that I heard Tom Fitzgerald on a podcast and they asked him like, well, what happened in the Carolina series really? And he said, well, the guys learned the hard way that, okay, the playoffs start and that's another level. But the second round is also another level. And the third round is another level and the finals are another level. So they, they, you know, I think they, I don't want to see them, you know, next year lose in the Stanley in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then in next year they lose in the Stanley Cup Finals. Then they win their cup. Like, right. no, let's, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I think this team right now is built so much better than last year's team. I really do. I think this team is going to be a lot better than last year's team, which is fucking insane because they were third best in the league. That's why I say I don't think a president's trophy is out of reach for these guys. I just, you know, you had a lot of – there were some holes in the lineup last year, especially with Palak getting hurt. 
Bastion going out. Um, you know, we had times where Marino and, and, and Graves were out. There were some holes in the lineup, not just through injury, but just in general, guys that weren't, you know, Miles Wood should have been a lot more productive. Uh, Michael McLeod should be a lot more productive this year. Um, I just see this. Guys who just recently joined a team, didn't really get a chance to gel. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, be with us all year. Timo Meyer and Tyler Toffoli are such big gets for this club. Um, and it takes pressure off guys like Jesper Bratt and Dawson Mercer to have to be the guys all the time. Now they can spread it out. I do think, you know, Jesper Bratt will have less of those slumps where he just disappears. Dawson Mercer will really be able to take off. And I think Dawson Mercer is the type of player that he will be a clutch playoff guy for this team. Uh, down the road. But do you think that that playoff experience was enough, Bobby? Enough is, is that's, that's kind of a hard word to say enough, but I, I can tell you that I feel like the Rangers series was almost like two series in one, meaning that they got more experience out of that one series uh, than they likely would have in a normal series to win or lose. Um, the the home away dynamic with, I don't, again, I, I don't think most teams fans would understand what it's like to even in a playoff game have your building infiltrated by you know thirty percent of your neighbor that's eight miles away. Um, I don't think it was quite that high for the playoffs, but still it did change the dynamic. Being down o two in the extreme low that must have been, and they could say all the right things and say no, you got to keep an even keel and all that. You're down o two to your you know cross town rivals. It, it took a major spark to get them going back in the right direction, and they did, and they won that. So I think that was extremely valuable. But then that loss to Carolina, yeah, that's where I think the real experience comes in. And you summed it up the way that, you know, the GM did. Um, you weren't ready for what you, you thought you knew playoff hockey, and then you got to that. And now if you don't need to keep getting beat up that way to realize what you have to do to win. That's got to stick with you. So I really do feel like even though it was just, you know, a series and a half or, or, or a little more, that it had the value of, of a longer run. Yeah. So I'm hoping they take okay. a lot of experience from it. I like it. And then uh, one more question before we wrap up. Uh, do you guys think the Rangers are a Stanley Cup contender? Unfortunately, they are still. Um, I don't think as much as us. But you get hot at the right time with the team that they have. Think about some of their key guys that did zero. Not a little, but zero. And put anything normal into their game. And uh, who knows we probably don't come out of that series. So yeah, I mean, they had us on the ropes. There were guys who were quiet for the entire series and, and then didn't produce a single point and got barely any shots on goal. That was kind of uncharacteristic, like Panarin, et cetera. So they're, they're, they're going to be a dangerous team. Um, I haven't seen too much detail on their off season moves. uh, So it's hard for me to feel as sure about where they're going as for say the devils. But, I think that, to, you know, to not put them in the playoffs is crazy. Uh, they're going to be in the playoffs, and any team in the playoffs is uh, going to be able to make some noise. Is it possible that they don't make it, that they're just crash and burn? Yeah, it totally is. I don't know if I can say that it's a given that they're going to make the playoffs, only for the reason that when you look at the Atlantic, which I think is the toughest division in, in hockey, and – you know, the Rangers are a very good team and they have stellar goaltending. Yeah. They have Peter Lavalette. He knows what he's doing. He's not a bad coach. Uh, he's going to put the players in the right spot to get the most out of them. I have no doubt in that. But can they keep up? 
pace of play with some of these teams in the Eastern Conference, like us and even Carolina and Buffalo and Ottawa and, you know, Toronto, exactly. Even Tampa, I'll throw in there. Uh, I don't know if they – because I can see, and I don't think this will happen, but I can see where the top three come out of the Metro and the other five come out of the Atlantic. And if that's the case, and maybe Pittsburgh jumps them into that third spot or, you know, some other team that comes out of the blue, I don't think that would really happen. I really think Pittsburgh's probably the only one that can really uh, jockey for that spot. But then, you know, if it's Toronto and Tampa and Boston and Ottawa and Buffalo coming out of the Atlantic, is that so – is that too crazy? It's not possible. Yeah. But I got to put that at less than fifty percent chance, just because. Look at what you have to have to happen. You know, Buffalo has to have that year that they we know they might have, but it's a huge question mark. They're coming out of the weeds, you know, trying to be a real. Team. And you know, you need a, a couple other teams that performed poorly last year to really turn it on. In that scenario, and if the Rangers just find themselves slower and and just you know fall off the track, have a, a lot of other problems that don't produce as they did last year. Yeah, definitely. It's possible they don't make the playoffs. It's just, I think it's yeah. more likely than not. If I was going to put a percentage on it, 65, 75% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would say that's about right. I give them a 75%. I would definitely bet on them making the playoffs. But I just, you know, I, I think about that team. I think about the, the fact that they are getting up there in age. And then I just think about what could happen with these other teams, yeah. like you said. And if they do make a jump, I think a team like the Rangers can really find themselves in trouble. You know, I will say this. We talked, I think, on the last show about, again, the Devils had that 13-game winning streak. And I was like, well, what do they have compared to Carolina? Like, did they, And they had a very similar one, right? And if you recall, too, the Rangers had a, a – they had come back from a lot. They had a terrible beginning of the year, I believe, right? So they yeah. had to play at a really big clip. And I do think it's less likely that they can maintain that kind of point level for any extended amount of time, even more than us. Like, I would almost say – we'd probably do a 10 game winning streak before they can do that again. Cause they right. really had, they really played out of their mind for a long time. And that's where I support kind of your theory or whatever that it's just, they are just another year older, perhaps another year slower. The momentum doesn't seem to be on their side. Right. Um, that doesn't mean shit once you start playing the games, and, but and just it's less just, likely to me that they can maintain that amount of accumulating points this year right? without playing simply more consistent. And if, if Shisirkin dips a little in play or God forbid gets injured or something like that, they're done. They're done. They're, they're entire. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, and give them and, such high chances. That 75% is, is a huge part to yeah, him. Right. And I, and I mean, it's great to have that goalie, but it's so much better to have a team around them. And I just don't, I mean, Shisterkin is the lifeblood of the New York Rangers. And I just, as he goes, that team's going to go. Um, and he's fantastic, but I just, I, I, I mean, I think that it will end up, the Rangers will end up third in the Metro. I do believe that. I do think Pittsburgh's going to give them a, a, a hard time, but I think the Rangers are going to come out of it. But if they do slump, I mean, that's the, the key this year, right? It's a hot start. Like you got to get points and bank them early like we did last year, because you know, you're going to have some injuries. You're going to have some growing pains or just some, you know, things aren't going to go your way. You're not going to get bounces. We all, every team goes through it. You know, we're just, you can't fucking find the back of the net. Too many back-to-backs. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody talking on, uh, I forget what I was listening to, but there was a goalie and they asked him uh, what he would change, uh, anything that he would change in the the NHL. And he said, I'd get rid of back-to-backs. That was, you know, we start with back-to-backs. 
I mean, we, yeah, we he, he just wants to play every game too. Yeah, and exactly. Look at him, they're almost always split. Exactly. Them. And that's like, here's a game I'm not going to play. One of the two, you know. All right. Well, one last, and then we're done. Opening night, October twelfth, and we also played a thirteenth, which we have our first back to back. It is going to be Detroit, and I think the Yotes in game two. Who gets to start against the Red Wings? Is it going to be Schmidt or Vanacek? Vitek. I think it's. I think it's going to be Vanacek as well. I totally agree. I'm going to go with Schmid just because I want to be different. So I'm going to go with Schmid. I think Schmid's going to impress. I think they're going to put a lot on Schmid's plate this year, and it's going to be, you know, your your – Honestly, that's my preferred move, to be honest with you, is give him the starting job to lose and just see how that goes. And um, But I just – I feel like in my gut they're not going to do that. No, I I, I think you're probably right, but I think that's what they should do because Mm -hmm. I I, – I mean, look, he's the future. You know, let's see what he's got. You know, and I, I mean, you give him a it's full not going year. Well, then you know, you give it's Vanishek's to lose, and you know, that's it. You try to give each of them support of more than just one outing. Don't just put them on a carousel rotating blindly. But you know, uh, I, I would think at this point, give Schmid enough games to see if it's his deal. If it was up to me, barring any kind of injury or major catastrophe, letting in like crazy amount of goals, you're going to want to give him. You know. Um, I would say like maybe seven of the first eight starts if possible. Just yeah. try to set that up. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that, but that's my gut. That's what I would like to do. Unless one of those goalies just completely play, outplays the other, I see them going as close to a split down the year as possible. Yeah. I really do. You're um, probably right. And not a huge fan of that idea, but I think it's the most likely. I, yeah, think you, I, do I don't too. think anyone's going to escape the workload thing for V, and that's going to play a big part of it. Keeping him fresher, longer, which is fine. You know, if, if you got if a capable really guy, takes. if you got a capable guy, but you know, I mean, I think all of our hopes is that Vanacek just is becomes a very steady backup to Schmid, and Schmid's the guy. I, I just want that's... somebody to claim the seat and know for the playoff run. Yeah. Take it. You know, I know what just... Schmid did coming in and helping us out like that. And if it's him, fine. But I, I would love to see just one guy. But you know, it's a different NHL, so we'll see. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking us out tonight. Um, Remember, wherever you are listening to us, a like, a download, a five-star review, a positive review goes a very long way in us promoting the podcast. And you could also check us out on the Hockey Podcast Network where you can get one over 100 podcasts of hockey, every NHL team, uh, all kinds of good stuff on there. So definitely go and check that out. Um, And we will be back on Saturday night. Uh, all four of us, where we'll go over some of the training camp notes that we have going on, who's showing up, what to expect a little bit for the preseason, and uh, maybe we'll have a little bit more insight into who's going to be playing on what squads, and we can discuss that a little bit. Uh, So for Bobby and Dan, I'm Chris. We're the Uncle Puckers. Thanks so much for checking us out tonight, and we will see you when we see you. Talk us out. Later. And... Do, 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 That's what do, we're going to have to do. do. Imagine it today. Do, do, do. This podcast can never close their show right. It's, over, it's, it's over, Johnny. It's, it's over. over. Damn, I don't know what happened this time.